This is the Houston Football Show, brought to you by Prime Social Club and Inside Edge, with your hosts, Aaron Wilson and Sean Bajani. All right, welcome into the Houston Football Show, as always, brought to you by Prime Social. I'm Sean Bajani from Sports Radio 610, joined by NFL insider Aaron Wilson, who covers the Texans for KPRC Local 2. Coming up, uh, we've got to talk about a lot of stuff, especially a change at quarterback. Is there going to be one or maybe even the play caller coming at some point this week? And is Lovey Smith starting to lose the locker room? And will he if the change isn't made? What does that look like? We have a lot of questions in regards to that. Also, a lot of people are down on rookie left guard Kenyon Green. A lot to discuss there, and we'll get to matchups in Miami uh, ahead of this Week 12 matchup between the Texans and Dolphins. But we'll start here, Aaron. Uh, Will we see a change at quarterback or even play caller at some point this week? What do we know? Great question, Sean. Yeah, what we know right now at this hour is that there has been no change communicated to – people that need to know. And so if it is happening, then it's something that would happen on Wednesday or later in the week. So right now where they are is what I've heard from sources very close to the situation is that it's been contemplated, considered, and the quarterback position is the one. I don't anticipate any change in play caller. In fact, I can tell you that's not on the table at this time. Pep Hamilton will continue to call the plays. And as far as other spots, there's been no indication of a change at left guard, Kenyon Green. So the only spot that could change is the most important one, quarterback. And that has not been communicated. So if they are doing a change, the players, the people involved, that has not been implemented. So everyone is in a waiting mode, holding pattern, call it what you will. Yeah. At this hour. Interesting. So, and then, you know, you talk about people involved. If in fact there was a change quarterback, the person involved, um, the new quarterback would be Kyle Allen. If there was a change at play caller, presumably Aaron, I am guessing it would be receivers coach Ben McDaniels. And as far as Kenyon Green's concerned, if in fact the Texans were looking to maybe um, give him a little bit of a break, uh, it would be McCray. Uh, right, position. Justin McCray. Yep. But, <laughs> you know, as you mentioned, you know, they're in a holding pattern right now. I, I guess, like, I understand to a certain degree why questions are being asked in regards to making a change at quarterback, which, look, You've been there every single day with me. The heat is getting a little bit hotter, but it's certainly not as hot as it could be if, in fact, this was a normal situation. Do you agree? Agreed, 100%. And where this thing lies, they are obviously having their issues on offense. 
in pass protection, at running the football, and taking care of the football. So basically everything is a problem. There's nothing that's a bedrock for them that they can say they can count on off of the commander's game. Now, could the running game come back? Of course. Would Davis Mills be able to take care of the football? Well, he's only done that a couple of times, like the Jaguars game. And that was sort of, I thought, their formula, their blueprint for how they could win, which is getting takeaways, running the football, and Davis Mills playing a game manager role, a safe game manager role. And he obviously hasn't been that in recent weeks. When right. you think about where they're at, Sean, they are one eight and one. They have absolutely nothing to lose. I don't know if there's a lot to gain by changing quarterbacks, by going to Kyle Allen, and you know, what is you know lost by having Davis Mills continue to go out there and lose games and play at a inconsistent level. Well, nothing. The future is still ahead of them, which is the top pick. Free agency money. Yeah. Davis with more experience, more stats, more reps, and a chance to be the placeholder until a rookie, ostensibly a rookie, that's what I think they would be, is ready. So I don't think anything is being lost. I mean, what's at stake here other than what Davis's job security for 2023? whether Lovey Smith and this coaching staff is back. The more important things are the big picture and the next draft, the decisions they'll make, Sean, and all that is ahead of us. But obviously we're in the day-to-day, the week-to-week as well. And day-to-day, week-to-week, what is happening is they're getting ready for the Miami Dolphins. It very well might be Davis Mills again and Kenny Green at left guard and, and Pep Hamilton calling the plays. What if that's the best they can do? I mean, what if there is no, you know, generally people are on the bench for a reason because the person that's in front of them is the one that's supposed to be playing. And as far as Ben McDaniels goes, yeah, Ben has some background at a lower level, college football, calling some plays. But yeah, Pep has a more experienced play caller. He's the more experienced play caller. You're right about that. I think Ben McDaniels, at least at the NFL level, I don't think he's ever been anything else besides an offensive assistant. And this might be like his highest position at this point in time as a receivers coach for this Texans team. And passing game coordinator. Passing game coordinator, yes. So he, um, he does have a hand in building the game plans. He's yes. just not the executor of the game plans. But he's more than just receivers coach, yeah. Yeah, and I'd be interested to know a little bit more about the dynamic and how things certainly work in the, in those offensive meeting rooms going forward. If, in fact, you know, we did broach the uh, possibility of McDaniels uh, calling plays at some point in time this season. But I think you and I kind of see things eye to eye. I mean, it's so hard to want to fast forward. You know, you want to just get to April 27th like yesterday. But you know, if this was a normal situation, as I'd phrased it before, then, you know, I'd say yes to all of the above. Make make wholesale changes, change everything. But I mean, it's not it's not a normal situation. If this team was constructed to win, if you know, fine. But it was built with exactly, I think, what we're seeing unfold before our very eyes. Hamilton and Mills were both given the snowball's chance in hell to succeed, and they both failed to this point. I mean, I think it's a win-win for the grand plan that is being orchestrated by Nick Casario. And, you know, look, the, the other side of it for me is 
if in fact it worked, this dynamic between Pep Hamilton and Davis Mills, then tremendous. You can get creative with the draft and have fewer bodies to replace in terms of players and coaches, but it hasn't worked. And so I think it's working beautifully in the mind of Nick Casario, who's charged now with making the most important decisions in franchise history, and that's picking the right guy at quarterback and finding, presumably, and I know this is an entirely different discussion, but the right head coach uh, and staff to develop that said quarterback and the other talent that they'll have in-house by the end of uh, April 2023. Let's take a minute here uh, for our friends at Houston's longest-standing poker club, Prime Social Poker Club. It's located at 7801 Westheimer. They've got a long-standing reputation for taking care of you, its patrons, with class and quality. It's not just a poker room. It's a place to hang with the boys where you can get a great meal, where you can get any drink you desire. They've got a fully stocked bar. They've got pool tables all kinds of games throughout the venue, and of course, dozens of poker tables. Prime Social Poker Club, over 21,000 members, and you can become one today. A lifetime membership is just $10. $10, that's it. Once you join up, you can take part in daily and nightly tournaments with buy-ins ranging from $60 to $5,000. Guaranteed prize money to boot with pots as high as $2 million. That's serious cash. From Houston's best and first-class poker club, open daily, 24-7. It only closes when you leave. And by the way, they got free play, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. daily, happy hour, every day, 4 to 9. Located 7801 West Timer. Make sure you be a part of it. It's Prime Social Poker Club. Aaron, how high is the risk of losing the locker room at this point in time if a change of some sort isn't made? What does that look like? I would say that the players, you know, they'll accept Davis continuing to be the quarterback. There's not a lot of people clamoring for a change. And I know that that probably sounds, you know, maybe somewhat counterintuitive, but that's just the truth. There aren't players thinking that Davis should be replaced. It's just, you know, kind of a, a strange situation. And there's, you know, a ton of, speculation within the team even where people are wondering and they're waiting for the answer. I, I can tell you, I actually just got a text as we're talking and yeah, people are wondering what's up. People want to know and they have not been told. So we'll see what's going to happen. So those involved still awaiting the answer, the ultimate answer on who's the quarterback. So it, it's getting kind of thick right now. And Sean, you know, it's interesting because is this really that tough a call? You know, Davis hasn't played very well. He's got 11 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. He obviously hasn't taken care of the football in recent weeks. And he telegraphed that throw that was undercut by Kendall Fuller, pick six, touchdown, trying to go to Brandon Cooks. And frustrations are high. And people like Davis. They like Kyle. But it's not like this is this controversy. You know, you're 1-8-1. and one, So nothing is going to be a game changer. So anyone that thinks, oh, you changed quarterbacks, that's it. Boom, Eureka. No, absolutely not. It could get worse or just yeah. be the same or kind of a, kind of a, a wash. And I would think it'll be similar or slightly worse. I don't think it's going to be, oh, lights clicked on, light bulb. Now things are rolling. 
he might get rid of the football a little quicker. He might make some faster decisions. I don't think he has quite the arm that Davis has, but you know, we'll see. There's only one way to find out. And there's no way to know at the time if you're making the right decision. Yeah. That's yeah, why they have a committee of people to make these decisions. So that's Lovey Hamil- Lovey Smith. That's Pep Hamilton. That's Ted White. Because of consultation with Nick Casario. And then you make a call. I think whether they bench him or don't bench him, you still next Monday or next Tuesday when we do this show, I'm not going on a limb here, Sean. I'll see if you agree with me. The record will say one nine and one, regardless of who's quarterbacking. Do you agree <laughs> with me or disagree? <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. And I wish I okay. could I, I wish I could put enough money down to make enough money on that bet. Uh, but I don't have enough money to, to benefit. Maybe if you took the over, I, I don't know. What's the spread now? Is it like minus thirteen? I the last night and I checked right before the show. I saw uh, twelve point dogs. The Texans are going into this game. I would go with the over, but I'm not a gambler. But I, I would go with the over. Uh, you know, and it, and it feels too easy. I kind of wanted to get to a little bit of that. I don't even know if the odds are very good. Are they? <laughs> Say it again. What's the odds on that? Uh, the odds. I probably not great. I don't want to give you the wrong numbers. I don't want to give you the wrong thing. I need to check. Um, and I'll do that before the break. Right, but, but I, but I, but I digress. Let's get back on point. Well, the here's the thing: guys are obviously frustrated. They've been speaking on that more lately. You've covered a league for a long time. I mean, you've you you've got a pulse of what a lost locker room looks like. I I kind of don't think we're we're there yet. And you know, I, I've been in around. Uh, this Texans team for the better part of 16 years now. I, I don't think they're there yet, um, but you you do know, Aaron, that when you get beyond a certain point and something isn't working, and when you have young players that, and even and even veteran players, we just saw this play out over the course of the last couple of three weeks with Brandon Cooks. When they're not feeling like um, they're being taken care of when they're give, being given the best opportunity. You know, there will be rumblings. There will be noise. There are distractions that take place. It's been a very difficult ship already for Lovey Smith to try and navigate in this situation organizationally. And when you look this bad, historically bad in the first half, when you're doing things that other NFL teams have not done in 20 years and, and even longer, this is the pace the Texans are on. Change has to happen for better or worse, whether it can make a hill of beans or not. So I, I think they need to make a change just for the sake of making a change. But, you know, don't don't twist my words and and think for one second that I don't see the grand picture. here. I mean, this this is an absolute tank job and everybody knows it. And Lovey Smith has just got to do the very best job he possibly can. Coming up next, we'll talk about Derek Stingley's hamstring injury. Is there cause for concern there? What have we learned to this point in regards to his injury history? We'll talk about that next. Come out and enjoy Houston's longest standing poker room with a stellar reputation for class and quality. 
Prime Social Poker Club. At Prime, you'll enjoy an upscale social environment, fully stocked bar, gourmet dining, pool tables, dozens of poker tables, and many other fun games throughout the venue. You can also join their over 21,000 members with a lifetime membership for only $10. What are you waiting for? Get into the game. Come join us at Prime Social Poker Club. Inside Edge was founded over 30 years ago as a data and analytics provider for Major League Baseball clubs. If you've seen the movie Moneyball, then you know Inside Edge. They were part of the data and analytics revolution in professional sports. Fans can now have access to the same insights and analytics used by pro teams for free at MyInsideEdge.com. MyInsideEdge is a destination for sports bettors and daily fantasy players where they can find matchups, specific insights, and projections to help make informed betting and fantasy decisions. Again, that's MyInsideEdge.com. All right, welcome back. It's the Houston Football Show. I'm Sean Bajani with Sports Radio 610. He is Aaron Wilson, NFL insider, uh, covers the Texans, been doing it for a long time for KPRC Local 2 Sports. Aaron, Derek Stingley's hamstring injury, what's the cause for concern there? Um, as I've looked back in his injury history through college, not extensive by any stretch. Should the Texans be concerned with him going forward? No, I don't think there's any long-term concern. He just he's injured his hamstring. He doesn't have a chronic hamstring issue. He's injured in practice, and he's still injured. So my expectation is he will not be ready to play against the Miami Dolphins, and Desmond King will start again outside corner. Played fine against the Washington Commanders. Expect him to hold his own, you know, against you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Challenging as that is. Yeah, uh, right. yeah, I have some confidence in Desmond, as do I in Steven Nelson. It's not like he, you know, Desmond is a bad option. And, you know, we had a chance to talk with him today. We were among a very small group of credentialed reporters, not including the Texans uh, official media, in-house media. And so it was me, I think there were three of us, right? You and the Houston Chronicle. Much smaller crowd than Sunday and Monday. How about that? <laughs> to talk to Desmond King, Malik Collins, and Nico Collins, all three starting football players for an NFL team. And last time I checked, the World Series is over. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is the World Series over? The World Series is over. The hangover is not. Is the parade over? <laughs> the hangover is not. <laughs> the Raising Canes, all the good things. <laughs> We're like on to the hot stove league, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Where's the media? I are, oh, they can't, they can't well, we, right? You and I and um and the Chronicle, we all count. We're all credentialed, you know, mainstream media. Last time I checked. Hey, I'm gonna go ahead and say, Aaron, go ahead and take next Tuesday. Odyssey, I've NBC, and Hearst which owns the Houston Chronicle, all big timers. Okay, we're all there. We're all representing heavyweight journalists, journalism sites, and properties. Man, it's uh, it was a record in my time covering the team, which doesn't go back as far as Sean McClain, but goes back a few years. 
And I've never seen that before. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I did it on purpose because um, I didn't look over my shoulder yesterday, but I had to imagine there was probably, you know, a good 20 people in the room. Oh, yeah. Easily. Um, and I, I think probably half of them yeah. didn't even get a chance to ask a question in the press sure. conference. Sure. There's a few people upset by that. But, you know, that was a game. And, you know, by the way, there's some excellent free food last time I checked at the games. <laughs> I'm just being funny. I, I'm being a bit sarcastic tonight. Sean, it is a lot of apathy. And, you know, that's one thing you don't want to be, you know, if you're in the McNairs, is irrelevant. And right now, where's the relevance? They'll be very relevant when they have the top pick of the draft and you're talking about, you know, is it Bryce Young? Is it C.J. Stroud? Is it Jalen Carter? Is it Will Anderson? What is it going to be? And those will all be wonderful off-season speculative articles and not a lot of information, probably concretely what they'll do. But we're still in the season. A lot of games to play. And they look really outgunned by the Miami Dolphins. That's going to be hard. Uh, it's going to be incredibly difficult. I mean, you mentioned the top two, really, and we didn't even mention the quarterback yet in, in Tua. But Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill, obviously, uh, those guys are going to present a a lot of problems for the Texans defensively and even the run game. I mean, they've got one of the best centers at uh, run blocking in the entire league, and I believe it's Connor Williams. And so, you know, when we talk about matchups a little bit later on, I mean, oh, my gosh, just top to bottom. I mean, it looks more and more difficult uh, as, as, as you look deeper into it, and not to mention, you know, just how dynamic they are. Never mind the talent, but just the play calling, um, how creative and out, out of the box thinking um, that it is. Uh, it's probably the most dynamic, I would say, to date that the Texans are probably going to face at full arsenal. Um, I, I thought we'd see a lot more earlier in the season from the Chargers' point of view, and even the Raiders, for that matter, which had Devontae Adams. And for a while, it didn't look like he was going to play against the Texans for the Raiders earlier this season with that dust-up that he had with the camera guy or whoever it was. But, yeah, I mean, the matchups, they're – it's not going to be pretty. At least it doesn't appear on paper um, this coming Sunday. Um, let me ask you a question. Uh, Aaron, while we kind of broached the topic once more, you mentioned the McNairs and and and, and kind of, I guess, being sick of this process. Certainly, they're fully on board with this process. That I will liken it to a bit of a, a Houston Astros, um, you know, tear down to build it back up and be stronger and better than ever situation. They're just unfortunately. Uh, finishing up with the teardown and haven't really started the building process yet, but they've got to be fully on board, right? And just how much of a decision maker is Cal McNair at this point, and do you expect him to be going forward? In terms of what, Sean? Do you mean like in terms of like play quarterback? No, 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 not not quarterback. No personnel okay. decisions really at all. But in terms of you know, the speed and sticking with the plan and getting back to a a relevant um, enterprise in the NFL. Oh, I, I mean, he's an absolutely integral. He's someone that is intimately involved in all the important decisions with the Texans. The hiring of a coach, the firing of a coach, 
the hiring of the general manager, Nick Casario. All of those things intimately involved, very much clued in to the daily process of the team. Yeah, he's he's not an absentee owner. He's very hands-on. And how much has that changed over the last couple of three years, if at all? Oh, I don't think it's changed much at all. I think he's been involved throughout. I can tell you for a fact that he is, as is his family. His mother, Janice McNair, the widow of the founder of the Texans, the late Bob McNair. His wife, Hannah McNair, Cal's wife, that is, who's the vice president of the Texan Charitable Foundation. Very much a family business. And, yeah, Nick Casario is in charge of personnel. Lovey Smith in charge of coaching. Greg Grissom, the team president, in charge of the business operations and several other executives involved in the day-to-day. But, no, I mean, he's the boss. That's why he has the chairman title. No, he's involved. Absolutely. That's Aaron Wilson, NFL insider, covers the Texans for KPRC Local 2. Sean Bajani, that is me with Sports Radio 610. When we come back, Kenyon Green, his struggles are continuing. Why aren't they helping him? Is that another indictment on Pep Hamilton? That's next. Prom Social Poker Club opens daily at 10 a.m. and doesn't close until the last person leaves. Now, that's 24-7, 365 days a year, so you can always get your poker game on at Prime. Also, daily, free play starting at 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. with happy hour from 4 to 9 p.m. They have daily and nightly tournaments with buy-in starting as low as $60 and going as high as $5,000. Now, check this out. Guaranteed prize money as large as $2 million. What are you waiting for? Get in the game. Prime Social Poker Club here locally in Houston, 7801 Westheimer. We've told you about the endless insights at Inside Edge, but let us tell you about the real gold mine. They're five-star picks. And in the 2021 NFL season, Inside Edge went 34-14 and 14 against the spread for a success rate of 70.8. And now you have access to these five-star picks for only $20 per pick or get the deal of the lifetime. Every five-star pick for the entire year for only $149. Even better, our listeners get a discount of 10% on that access by using code HOUSTON. That's code HOUSTON. All right, back on the Houston Football Show. Sean Bajani with you, Sports Radio 610, Aaron Wilson, NFL insider Aaron. Kenyon Green, his struggles continuing over the course of the last three weeks. I asked the question, why aren't they helping him? And what I mean by that is, why aren't the Texans helping Green with changing line protections, adjusting and using a different technique, using an attached tight end more in passing situations to help uh, create more favorable matchups, something. As the guy is facing some of the league's best defensive tackles in the league week after week, opposite. Well, they're already, yeah. I mean, great question, Sean. And ideally, yes, he would have some help. They do double team some of these better defensive linemen, but it's not just him that's being overwhelmed at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage. It's also Scott Quesenberry. Quesenberry, yeah. Yeah, and that happened in practice with Jaleel Johnson. And I, I'd like to shed a little light on that. You probably saw Jaleel's tweet that he deleted. Yeah, he retweeted yours. That's how I saw it. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that happened. 
and he called them out in practice. And there was some name calling actually from Jaleel. And essentially he was going hard in practice, being disruptive, and they were trying to run their plays. They would have preferred, you know, obviously, that he take it easy. And he did not. He was trying to, one, show what he can do in practice and also prepare them ostensibly for Sunday's game. And he got cut on Saturday, not just because of what he did in practice, but because they wanted to go to him for. That said, he made a few plays. You know, he had a sack uh, at the time that he's with the team. He's now back with the Atlanta Falcons. He was claimed off waivers. So he's back with the team he was with previously. I don't think he'll be back with the Texans or would want to play for the Texans again. But it was interesting because what happened in practice, and I actually saw a video uh, of that uh, that was shared with me, he was dominating those two linemen in practice, called them out, and then, not surprisingly, that happened in the game. Big shock. Yeah. Dominant. Just like it was with Dexter Lawrence, just like it was with Jeffrey Simmons. So they faced a murderer's row, and I don't know if they could help him, you know, I guess you could try to pull the tight end over or get the tackle involved, but you know, they've got to block their other guys too. Now they and do. And when I, when I, when I say Aaron, you know, help them out, you know, obviously there are different techniques that defensive linemen are playing, you know, snapping and snap out just from, from the handful of plays that I go back and watched, I went back and watched rather uh, against this commander's team in the first half, you know, it, it does come down to who's next to you. And Tunsil can only do so much. I mean, he's taking on the edge rush time and time and time and time again. You have to have help from your center. And Questenberry's being overwhelmed as well. But when he's got a guy nose up over him, and it's a two-way go for the nose tackle, that makes it really difficult when your center is not able to pass a guy off and get help on that pressure side on the left side. When Green is being put on an island. As a rookie, they're going to do that. They're going to put their best guy on him and try to exploit him. So it is a tough situation. But He's just not ready, Sean. I mean, he's. it's like he said to me, I, I was at a charity event with him on Monday. It's like his freshman year. It's like, you know, essentially what his mom said too. And really nice people. He was a consensus All-American. He did a lot of great things in the SEC conference. I think he'll get to that point, but it's just, you know, he's playing against grown men and he's not ready yet. And it's a tough situation. What could you do for him? I mean, you could put Justin McCray in, but my understanding is that's not what they're doing. Yeah. That he's going to be out there against the Dolphins and it's against Raquan Davis, and Christian Wilkins. So good players, not maybe as good as what they just faced. Yeah, and I think you might even see a regression if you'd put McCray in there too. I, I still think maybe. Early. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Justin like last year hold his own, but that was more of a passing team than a running team. So we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think they're making that change. I'd be a little bit surprised if they did. Sean change course and bench him, as Lovey Smith said Monday. You let him bloody his nose a little bit. Yeah, you, you know, you, you kind of just build some scars. Yeah, and I, and I don't mind that at all. I don't mind that at all, but he's got to be healthy, and I don't know how much that shoulder's bothering him that he's been playing through over the course of I don't think that's the reason. I don't think that's the factor. It's that he's just physically, mentally, technique-wise, he's not there yet. These guys are 
several years older than him. They've been in the weight room longer than him. They're in better condition than him, and they're more athletic. He's just, you know, he's overmatched. He looked like he was in roller skates. He got a 3.6%. Not that everything, you know, is true about the grades, but 3.6% out of 100. So it's obviously it's like an F, 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 F for him in this past game. It's as ugly as it can get. Three penalties, two accepted, one declined, two sacks, five pressures. I mean, it was rough. As well, rough as it can get for the. Hey, rookie. you talk about things being rough. You know, we were talking about some matchups, and we've got a couple of minutes left in the show tonight. I wanted to get to them. The Dolphins, twelve point favorites to start the week. If you want to know just how far the Finns have come from last season, by the way, Aaron, they beat the Texans in Week Nine, seventeen to nine. They covered last year's four point dogs to the Texans, and now we know. It was bad last season with this team, but it's worse now, at least from an offensive standpoint. It could be another long day for Davis Mills or whoever whoever is a quarterback on Sunday for the Texans. The Dolphins have Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips both in the top 10 in pass, pass rush win weight for edge defenders at a 28 and 22% uh, clip, respectively. Not to mention Christian Wilkins in the middle, one of the highest pass rush win rates in the league to this point of the season. From top to bottom, this this Dolphins defense against this Texans O-line and weak offense looks like it's going to be a very, very long day. Realistically, what do you think this team can do, this Texans team can do on Sunday against the Dolphins to maybe even find ways to exploit them defensively? I just don't see a lot of weaknesses with the Dolphins, and that's at every level, including their play calling with Mike McDaniel. They use disguise very well. They run a lot of 49ers type of things that Mike learned from Kyle Shanahan and prior to that with the Texans, with Gary Kubiak and with Atlanta Falcons. I think it'll be hard for them, Sean. Honestly, you think about these matchups and, you know, we're talking, let's start with defense, getting Christian Wilkins and Raekwon Davis and Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb blocked. And then, they have a lot of range at the safety position, Javon Holland. So they have Xavier Howard. They have a lot of good football players. And then the other side, Tyreek Hill, one of the best deep threats in the game. And you don't have Derek Stingley. You have to match up with Desmond King and with Steven Nelson. You've got, you know, Jalen Waddle in the slot. You got a pretty good running game. And you got two of one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. It's in a real yeah. rhythm. They're seven and three for a reason. They're completely overmatched. And like I was saying before, I'm not a gambling man, but I would take the over. I <laughs> don't like this matchup. I just think it's going to be one of the tougher matchups they're going to face. Dolphins are for real. And the Texans are a whatever, what do they call it? Building, rebuilding, overhauled, influx, all those phrases. They aren't there yet. They got to find a way to at least get DP back in uh, involved in the offense, man. That the, the ten carries for nine yards, eight yards, whatever it was against Washington, right. That hurt my soul. Well, well you can't block the <laughs> interior lineman. Yeah, there's nowhere for him to run at the point of attack, like right up the middle. So, like I asked Lovey Smith on Sunday, well, what about hitting some edges? And he said, you know, he kind of acknowledged. I think my premise that you know maybe there was some meat on the bone outside. But they didn't get to that point. 
And some of the plays you remember against the Eagles that they ran effectively with Larry Tunsil running interference and Troy Harrison. Yeah. They, yeah. Just, they never got to that point. Yep. Yep. Well, we'll see. Only time will tell, but uh, I will take your, uh, take, uh, take your bet and run with it. One, nine and one at the end of uh, week 12, Aaron Wilson, always good stuff, my man. Appreciate it. You got to go make your calls, get the scoop. Yes. So we'll let you go do that. I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. Aaron Wilson, NFL Insider, Sean Bajani, Sports Radio 6. And it is the Houston Football Show. Before we get out of here, I want to take a minute uh, for our friends at Inside Edge. On the Houston Football Show, we use insights generated by the team at Inside Edge. These insights have been a game changer in our game analysis. Founded over 30 years ago as data and analytics provider for Major League Baseball teams. If you've seen the movie Moneyball, you know about Inside Edge. And now, fans, you guys can access the same insights and analytics used by pro teams for free, absolutely free at myinsideedge.com. That's myinsideedge.com. It's a destination for sports bettors, daily fantasy players, where you can find matchup-specific insights and projections, and they'll probably tell you much of the same that Eric Wilson did. They don't like this matchup for the Texans and Dolphins. It'll help you make just your best informed betting and fantasy decisions and who doesn't want that it's awesome that anybody can access the insights for free but the best part is inside edges five-star game picks during the 21-22 nfl season just a year ago they had a 71 percent success rate going 34 and 14 against the spread where are you going to find a better deal than that you subscribe today use the code houston in all caps that's the code houston you get 10 percent off of your subscription it's my inside edge This has been the Houston Football Show, brought to you by Prime Social Poker Club and Inside Edge.